Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I, I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to, you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. and nine. Shark Sports Radio, Episode 1. Tom Brady's toughest test yet. Welcome to the Tank of Providence, Rhode Island, where yours truly, Shark, originates. Alongside of me is nobody, because I call my own shots. I see perspectives. I give my input on what I think sports weeks are all about. This week I'll be talking about Tom Brady versus the tough LA Rams. We will get into Kyrie Irving and the discussions of him possibly leaving. Anthony Davis may be on the trade block, but where is he heading? Nobody knows. These are all thoughts by myself. Yours truly, again, Shark. So let's get right into it. We're talking LA Rams versus the New England Patriots. A lot of storylines around this big event, this big battle. We got Sean McVay versus Bill Belichick. We got Tom Brady versus an empowered defense that can just take off at any point defensively, put points on the board even defensively. The supplementary and complimentary offense that the Rams have with Jared Goff and you know Todd Gurley versus a, a pretty bend don't break especially this year defense the the Patriots defense wasn't so significant this year but what they're significant in doing is not allowing teams to score they are the top five team in regards to points per game so they know how to get it done in the red zone defensively the Rams come into this this battle uh, with a lot of momentum, right? Everybody knows about the pass interference call. We all seen it. We all know the storyline. Do we want to talk about it? No. Why? Because it's called the no fun league where you can't discuss off-field issues without a media press everywhere. At the end of the day, it's all about football. I just want to make that point quick because I get sick and tired of off-field issues taking over the product of the game. And the reason why these off-field issues become a problem is because Roger Goodell doesn't know how to assess this correctly. He allows the media to buy in. Does he want hype all year round? Sure he does. That's why he's the commissioner of the league. He wants the NFL to be spoken about every single day if that's possible. But what needs to happen is you need to put these stories at ease and just let the dust settle. Allow them these players to go to court. 
Allow these players to get suspended for their consequence. Do not let these players become a hierarchy versus people in society. That's a problem to me. If we're talking society standards, half of these people that have domestic violence, at the end of the day, they should be sent to jail just like anybody else. Side note, diving deeper into this game, this matchup has the making, really does, of two battle-tested teams. What's going to be really the main factor in this, these two main factors, I guess you could say, one for each team, is when you play against the New England Patriots defensively, Tom Brady is always going to figure out a weakness, so will Bill Belichick. And those two together, those masterminds, will figure out how to beat a defense. It's been proven, I hate to say it, I'm a Dolphins fan, but at the end of the day, I'm a realist. If you see something doing an eye test, you have to believe in it. And it's a part of the consistency that just makes you a believer, right? So moving forward in this game, they need to have a lot of consistency offensively if you're Tom Brady in this offense. There's going to be glimpses in this game where it is going to be take the knife and stab the beast. And the beast is going to be the Rams. They will. Aaron Donald, Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters, this linebacking core that they have. You know, some are young, some are very, very talented. They have a lot of nothing to lose mindset. And, you know, a young team like this, at the end of the day, they're trying to build this foundation. They're trying to build this core. And the only way to do it is build winning consistency, right? And subsequently, you know, they they finished top in the NFC West. Is it a tough conference? Not by any means. But when you have teams like the Seahawks in it, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, they're taking, a, I guess, a break for the year. But then you have, you know, teams like the Arizona Cardinals who can be on the up and up. But the big team, the big test that they had was against the Seattle Seahawks. And that Seattle Seahawks team had a lot of great. They should have made the playoffs. They didn't. But at the end of the day, if you look at the Rams and their success, it has been because they established the run. Jared Goff does not turn over the ball, and their defense does everything order to stop the opponent without allowing them to score a significant amount of points, which is around 24 points per game. Now, that might seem alarming to you, 24 points per game, but when they're playing teams, you know, within the conference, I mean, they had the Saints, they had uh, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Bears, the Eagles. It, it, it's a good test. This, this season is a very good test, and this team has built dominance throughout the year, and it cannot be overshadowed. I think what sometimes people do is they look at the names, they look at, you know, really the roster from up and down instead of looking at the game. Like, for instance, like Kyle Van Noy of the Patriots, he's been unbelievable this year. He's He's been their leading tackler. He's been all over the field, really bringing presence uh, to Brian Flores's defense. But what's going to make this team stand out more than anything is their ability to stop Todd Gurley. Now, they, like I said, they weren't the best at you know stopping the run. If you look deeper into their defense, they don't put a scare to you, but they eventually will at some point. And at some point, it will be the ability to close drives. They have been such a dominant team and not allowing teams to really score a lot of points, um, like I said in the beginning. So if if you want a real real test, 
if you're Jared Goff, you have to complete these drives. Anytime you bring up the Super Bowl, it's always going to be arguably the two best teams of the year. So this year it has been, and all expectations considered, sometimes you have to, to, to recognize you know, the potential talent that each team could be facing. If we're going to decide picks here, who I'm going to go with, it's going to be a strong, strong battle. Um, like I said throughout this segment, there's going to be, you know, punches being thrown in this game because that's the type of way that Ndamukong Sue plays. That's the type of way that Aaron Donald likes to play. You know, feisty defense, gets after it, a lot of attitudes on each side. Elman it's going to be a, a tough, tough uh, conquest for both teams. If you're looking at who I'm picking, it's going to be the New England Patriots. I just have a gut feeling. Do I like picking the Patriots? Not so much. But I have to go with what's real. And what's real right now is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have a magic. And it doesn't seem to stop. And I don't think it will stop. And I think this is a good experience for the LA Rams because I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl for years to come. This isn't just a one-and-done type of environment. They're built for success. They're uh, you know, sustainable as far as the roster goes and the talent on their team. So if we're talking you know, down the road, yes, I think they have the ability to make it to multiple championships. If I'm giving my prediction right now, I would say it's going to be 24 to 20 Patriots. I don't think it's that going to be that high of a scoring game. I think both defenses will bring it. And if if that is the case and Tom Brady has success, uh, he will win another Super Bowl. And that would be six. Six wins out of nine appearances in the Super Bowl. 19 seasons. Incredible. We might see more history next Sunday. Let's prepare ourselves for a great Super Bowl 53. I'm really, really excited to get into this topic because it has become a, a topic over the, the week. You know, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Where's Anthony Davis going to go? Is LeBron James going to step in and be the man that he's always been and try to buy players to him? LeBron James now dominates. He's the greatest of all time, not only from a performance standpoint, but off the court. The way he really, you know, networks with players and, and he knows how to drag them to his destination. And, and Anthony Davis is making his own decision. And the reason why I say that, everybody's like, oh, well, the Pelicans have all the leverage in the world and, you know, New Orleans Saints owners won't allow a trade to go through. Anthony Davis is a free agent in two years. He can decide what he wants to do. He can actually sit at the, the dealing table and say, I'm not going to sign an extension with the team that he gets traded to. And if he says he is going to the L.A. Lakers, which he has always said he wanted to do, at the end of the day, he will not be part of normal basketball anymore. And by normal basketball anymore, I mean 90s basketball. I mean, you think of any team back in the 90s and you can name them. Toronto Raptors, Vince Carter, Philadelphia 76ers, Allen Iverson, Houston Rockets. You had Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady. Lakers, Kobe, Charlotte Hornets, Baron Davis. I can go on and on, right? Celtics, Paul Pierce. At the end of all this journey throughout the 90s, it has revolutionized into a bad place. Everybody gives grief to the Golden State Warriors. 
oh, they built a super team. That's not fair. It's not a super team. If anything, they have built through the draft. You have guys like Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson. They got all drafted out of college to play for the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors literally picked them in the draft. There's a difference between buying players and selling marketing to a player. Hence, LeBron James recruiting Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, and Richard Jefferson, Ty Lue becoming coach, David Blatt out. What these players need to do is make a stance in this league. Make a stance in this league as far as being loyal to your team. No more building franchises with four or five superstars. That just can't happen. Like, if the Boston Celtics, you know, got to trade for Anthony Davis, would I be all for it? Sure, because I think the the East is more competitive than the West. There are more dominant teams in the East. Well, actually, I shouldn't say dominant. There's more fair teams in the East than there are in the West. But I think it's apples to oranges at the same time. And you have, you know, teams in the West like the Houston Rockets, Oklahoma State Thunder, Utah Jazz was last year. You know, you have Golden State Warriors, Spurs are on the way down. Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazers. Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic. What a story that is. These teams have stories behind it. You know, James Harden left Oklahoma City Thunder to become his own identity. So Kyrie Irving, if if you're Kyrie Irving, you're sitting there, right? And you have the ability to join a team of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Just say the trade goes through, hypothetically, with Anthony Davis. You're telling me... That after all that loyalty that you gave to the Boston public, their fans, the coaches, the higher management, ownership, it makes no sense to make that announcement two months into a relationship. What, what that what that's kind of like, I'll put this in perspective for you. It's like having a girlfriend for four months and dropping on one knee and proposing. That is what we call premature. You got to know what you're getting into. Kyrie Irving doesn't really understand the Boston Celtics way just yet. And I think he doesn't know is because he hasn't really looked for mentorship. Like, you know, talking to Paul Pierce, you know, talking to Kevin McHale, talking to Bill Russell. I'm sure he has behind the scenes with Bill Russell. I'm sure he has. Off the court issues I have with him is the fact that he wants to be an actor and he wants to sell sneakers. When you take your mindset off the game of basketball, it becomes not a necessity anymore. It becomes just a hobby. I mean, you're putting up unbelievable points. I'm not bashing you. What I'm just trying to say is if you have the mindset of playing for one franchise and being loyal as can be and coming out and saying that, you do not have reports come out, you know, by Rick Bucher, all these reporters coming out and saying that you possibly could be heading to LA Lakers or New York Knicks. That That's the media hype, right? But as far as like, the fan in me goes is I want to see these players thrive into their own system. Like Brad Stevens, Kyrie Irving, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all these players built for success. They can last in this league. They can last as a team. It's going to take time. I mean, you can't just jump into it. You can't just win a championship. It takes a lot of adversity. It takes a lot of challenges. Like at the end of the day, if there's any chip on your shoulder, it's, trying to find that chip you know you you have to find it like I'll give you an example I always use Tom Brady I feel like I definitely give in to the fact that he used the greatest of all time because he was the one of the last picks of the draft he really didn't get an opportunity right away he had to work through the rankings to beat Drew Bledsoe 
So in another example would be Isaiah Thomas. Like Isaiah Thomas, he's a what, five, eight, five, nine point guard, lefty. He could shoot lights out. He could score with ease from Washington. And I mean, Danny Ainge traded him, of course. But I just don't think that they would make another run with him just, just leading the pack. But he had that chip on his shoulder, and the chip on his shoulder was getting drafted last. His you know, sister going through the car crash and you know, him wanting to play for a contract. If we're going through the cycles of trying to find challenges in life and, and you know, problems to overcome, Kyrie, it's you wanting to play for your max contract. Kyrie, it's you wanting to win another championship. And then you want to get onto the pedigree of, you know, Boston Mount Rushmore. And you just want to keep driving and driving and driving. There just doesn't seem to be that connection. I, I've never gone through a season where I feel like there's a, such a miscommunication or, or misconnection in all facets of the game. There's a lot of young players. They need a leader. There's no leader on that team. You look at Al Horford. He's respectable, but he's, he's not a leader on that team. They got to find that leader. They got to find a direction to build upon. And if they don't, they will not win a championship. We will see come May and June of this year if the Celtics can regain their presence in the NBA as being the most winning franchise in NBA history. Without Anthony Davis or with Anthony Davis, I think the Celtics make it to two to three championships within the next three years. Because I think this year, I think they fall short. I think they fall short to a team like Milwaukee or a team like Toronto where they just they can't win on the road and they can't get it done. But if Anthony Davis is available this offseason, do not sleep on Danny Ainge pulling the trigger. And the reason why is Kevin Garnett said that he didn't want to sign with the Celtics. He wouldn't sign an extension until they brought in Ray Allen. So the way I look at it is if you have a guy like Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis... Gordon Hayward, all these players to build around. Maybe Denny Ainge trades Gordon Hayward in a first-round pick for a top-tier caliber in the draft or a top-tier caliber in free agency. Maybe he pulls in Durant. But at the same time, I don't want to see that happen because I want a lot of parity in the league. I want to enjoy the game of basketball the way it should be played. And that's one star on each team bringing it every single day of the week. If they can do that, and if they could do that in the 90s, hence Michael Jordan, yes, he had Scottie Pippen, yes, he had Dennis Rodman, but don't tell me those players would be great anywhere else. That Chicago Bulls team was unbelievable because of Michael Jordan. Phil Jackson had some kind of role in it for sure, but when it came down to MJ all day, that's what happened. Kyrie Irving, if there was a message I wanted to give it to you on my podcast here, it would be find that challenge. Find that obstacle that would make you want to win a championship in a Celtics uniform. And if you're Anthony Davis, do not join LeBron James in the LA Lakers. It would ruin basketball. It would ruin basketball for many, many years to come. And LeBron James, you are ruining basketball off the court. On the court, you are unbelievable talent. Off the court, please stay out of networking with the players. Tampering has been such an issue with you. And I'm telling you right now, this league, they need to look into this guy. Shark reporting out. Thanks, everybody, for listening.